You're listening to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network. Your weekly destination for Big Red Sports. This week's episode of Around the Gorge is brought to you by Big Red Fueling. Managed by sports dietitian Alyssa Harrington, Big Red Fueling is open five days a week from 2.30 to 4.45 at Bartels Hall, offering both in- and out-of-season athletes snacks to fuel their performance and recovery. On-site staff provide valuable knowledge to inform athletes of optimal snack choices based on exercise and personal goals. Follow Big Red Fueling on Instagram at Big Red Fueling for infographics about all things sports nutrition, including college-friendly recipes, post- and pre-workout suggestions, supplement safety, and much more. And welcome back to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network. I'm your host, Anthony Sespi, joined by Trisha Sani, and this week we will be talking about polo. If you are interested in listening to another team's episode, you can find all of our past episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts by following Around the Gorge. Be sure to check out our Instagram at CornellBRSN for sneak peeks of next week's episode so you don't miss out on future episodes. Starting with a brief exploration of the team, let's look at the coach, Anthony Kondo Jr. He became the head coach just this season, but he's been part of the program for over 20 years as an assistant now. And he's helped the Big Red win four USPA national titles, with the men in 2005 and with the women in 2011, 2015, and 2016. And polo is a very international sport here at Cornell, with players coming from Colombia, Ecuador, Pakistan, France, China, Canada, Spain, and many more places around the world. Now let's move on to a brief recap of the past week for the polo teams. Starting off with the men's, this past week they hosted the Bill Field Invitational here in Ithaca. They featured the University of Kentucky, the University of Virginia, and the University of North Texas. On Thursday, the Big Red played the University of North Texas. Unfortunately, they lost with a final score of 14-5 and played in the consolation game against the University of Kentucky this past Saturday, picking up a 15-3 win, which pushed their record to 6-3 to end out the fall. Moving on to the women's team, who also played in the Billfield Invitational. They beat SMU to advance to the championship. This was the second time this season the Big Red faced SMU, and the last match went the way of SMU, so this was a good turn of fate. Lee G. Viria scored a team-high seven goals, and this victory helped advance the team to play the University of Virginia in the championship game. Cornell and Virginia have been long-time rivals, playing 47 times since 2006. The Cavaliers held an advantage 26-21 overall, and won this game as well. The Big Red lost 22-10. And next up, we're going to head over to a player interview where we have both a member from the men's team and the women's team. So now we're welcoming Sam Simons and Michael Lovier to the podcast, both a member of the polo team. And first up, well, how was your guys' weekend? Because I know there was a big tournament here at Cornell. Yeah, it was good. Um, I headed home a little early, so I didn't play in the last few games. Um, But our women's team did really well. We got second place. We lost in the finals to... UVA. Um, and I think the same for the men's team. They did really well. If you want to speak on that, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we played University of North Texas on Thursday. Um, that game good, did not go stellar, but it was decent for the first half. And then um, we won yesterday against University of Kentucky. So yeah, congrats guys. And um, my first question for you, for the both of you is how did you guys first start playing polo? Yeah, I can start. Um, So I grew up around horses a lot. I did sort of like the typical like hunter jumper. So um, like competing that way Um, since I was like very, very young, I've been around horses um, and really dropped off in high school and kind of focused more on like team sports. 
And then coming to college, I really missed being in like that team sports atmosphere. And I knew a few people on the team already. So I decided to try out and ended up making it. I tried out my sophomore fall. Um, so I joined the team that semester and have really gotten into it that way and stayed in Ithaca last summer to play polo. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And then, uh, so one of my friends from high school, he, uh, played for the, they have a club like high school team for Cornell as well for polo. Uh, so one of my friends from high school was on the team. And when he transferred to Cornell, he mentioned to me like, Hey, we're looking for guys to join the team. And, uh, I did a little bit of trail riding, but not really played polo before. But luckily, we have a uh, freshman team set up for the more inexperienced people to learn how to play. Yeah. Um, so any weird rules in polo or like any story- stories you want to share about that? Um. Let's see. Weird rules. I feel like there's a lot of weird rules. I definitely didn't know them going into it. Um, and I think Michael can also probably speak to it because like learning the game of polo is definitely very challenging, even if you already have that sort of like horse piece of it down. Um, there's a lot of rules in place to prevent like the horses getting hurt. So a lot of like, you know, obviously you're not allowed to like T-bone another horse. Um, and we have this thing called bumping, which is basically like the our version of like a defensive play where you like bump into the horse side to side. Um, but there's a lot of rules about that and like the angle that you can go in it. And um, there's just a lot of like random rules that are in place to make sure the horses, you know, don't get hit by mallets, don't get hit by other horses. Um, so like mainly to keep the horses safe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole handful of rules that get a little confusing, but uh, definitely if you haven't played before, probably right of way in the line gets pretty confusing. Who's allowed to hit the ball? Who isn't like if you're able to approach the ball from, if the ball gets it that way, you cannot hit the ball this way. You actually have to follow the path of the ball. Um, yeah, th- uh, thank you. And I think something that makes polo unique is that obviously you're dealing with a horse, so which is like obviously a, an animal, which I, th- I don't think most sports have. So how much of an advantage do different horses give you guys out on the field? Yeah, I would say it varies a lot. Um, like in our barn, we have, I think right now we have like 44 horses Um, And some of them like aren't playing at this moment. Um, And I would say for sure people have favorites, but a lot of um, players who have been playing for a long time or like who have a lot of experience, like the horse doesn't matter as much. Um, But with that being said, like I would definitely say there's horses that, you know, like have a better bump or like um, go a lot faster or are just better at making like those quick turns. So I would say that's a huge advantage, but um and like everyone has their favorites in the barn but with that I think a lot of it is more so like the player themselves yeah I feel like it's a lot more preference uh we do have some absolute superstar horses in the barn that regardless of skill or level or style of play they play great but uh I think it comes down to preference so you've played with these horses before and you train with them, but has a polo pony ever decided to not play or like not cooperate during a game? And what happens then? Yeah, we definitely, well, yeah. I mean, a horse kind of has a mind of their own sometimes. Um, so I would say there's definitely ones that not necessarily like don't cooperate, but maybe might not do exactly what you want them to do. Um, like one example of this is like, oh, you're going to turn the horse and they turn like way faster than you expect and you get really thrown off balance. Um, Or like they just don't go as fast as you want them to or they don't like go into that bump. 
Um, but I would say a lot of it is like managing how you're riding that horse and also like understanding, like once you're able to understand that specific horse's like strengths and weaknesses, you can really tailor like how you're riding or like the aids that you're using um, to try and get that horse to do what you want. And um, you guys both talked about how many horses there are in the barn. So how important is the bond between the rider and the horse? Michael, do you want to start this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like generally, uh, Sam was kind of addressing it earlier, like we do have favorites and there is kind of bonding that way. I don't think that necessarily the how friendly you are with one horse will determine if it's going to play the best or not, I think. These horses are pretty well trained that regardless of their uh, opinion of you, they're going to probably, you know, play like the amazing horses that they are at our barn. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, like everyone has their favorites. And I would say like, especially since I stayed last summer and played bolo, I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty close with some of the horses in particular. Um, but with that being said, they're obviously trained to have a lot of different riders on them. Um, and a lot of different riding styles. And I think some people on the team can play certain horses better than others. But I wouldn't necessarily say like a strong bond with one horse will make a horse play like that much better, if that makes sense. Switching topics a bit here. So you guys had tournaments this weekend. And in your opinion, what's the best way to bring attention to the sport to polo? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say at other schools, um, especially like at UVA, it's sort of a little bit bigger in the community. Um, but I would say the best way to bring attention to it is, I mean, we're pretty active on like our social media and I think that's been a huge help. But like Michael was talking about our first year team earlier and we do quite a bit of like tabling before tryouts and that sort of thing. Um, but I would say like a lot of way, like a lot of the time, pe the way people on our team find out about polo is through like their friends are on the team or they hear about it. Um, I definitely didn't know Cornell had a polo team coming to school. Um, so yeah, I would just say like spreading the word like from teammates has been a huge help, but also social media. Yeah, I I think the thing is that most people kind of forget that polo exists. Um, it's definitely something though that once you, once you see a game, it changes your opinion greatly. And um, just switching topics again a little, what would you say is, uh, the most or one of the most important qualities for a successful polo player to have? That's a good question. I think obviously you really need to have like that strong like horseback riding experience. Um, but like beyond that, I think the most like important part is just like general game awareness. Um, like you have to know where the other horses are. You have to know where the other players are. Um, and like Michael was saying, there's a lot of rules surrounding like who has the right of way to the ball. Um, and those all those rules are specifically in place to keep the horses safe. So I would say once you get that understanding of like general awareness of like, okay, I have a line to the ball right now, but like do other players around me have a line to the ball? And I think with that, just like a general understanding of the horse that you're on, like obviously, you know, the horse comes first and we don't want the horses to get hurt, especially because, you know, they work out like, almost every single day um, with some days off. So just like a general understanding of like, okay, how fast can this horse go? How much can I push this horse? You know, just like a general understanding of awareness and keeping the horse safe. How would you say the atmosphere of polo is different from other sports? Cause you've got an animal factor in a lot 
from what I'm understanding, a lot of the team walks in as well instead of being recruited. Uh, I think it's still rather like overall a team sport. It it's pretty close to most other team sports that I've played. I mean, you got the animal component, but at the end of the day, there are teammates as well. And it, yeah, I don't think it varies that much from your normal team sport. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think especially like I have a pretty big background in team sports and also just like sort of a very different side of horses and doing more of like the show jumping and competing. Um, and I would say in my experience, it's been so much more of like a team atmosphere than I could have imagined. Um, and like, obviously our men's and women's teams are like very, very close because we all practice together as well. And um, just as a final question, you guys are talking about how there was there haven't there hasn't been a lot of awareness for polo. Like Sam, you mentioned how like before you came here, you didn't even realize there was a polo team at Cornell. So how would you say is the best way for people to get involved in the sport? Yeah, Michael, do you want to start this one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we do have or I are we presuming the community checkers? Uh, um, I don't know. There's a lot of like risk management involved, obviously. Um, but yeah, in the past, we have had opportunities for like the community as a whole to get involved. Um, but yeah, just adding on to that, I think the best way to get involved is via like our first year teams. So we have tryouts in the fall um, and we take a ton of different people with a ton of different horseback riding experience. I think this year, our first year team is mainly comprised of people that have, um, you know, some sort of horse experience. Um, but it's a great way to get involved. And our first year coach has been doing this for like dozens of years. Um, and he's great. And that's been such a great way to get involved for a lot of people on campus. Um, and yeah, I think Michael was saying like in the past, we've had sort of community chuckers and we also have um, sort of not directly affiliated with Cornell Polo, but there is a high school team in the Ithaca area. Um, so a lot of people that come to the Cornell team um, were previously members of like a interscholastic high school team. Um, so that's also a great way for people not yet in college, but for college students, I would say definitely the first year team and tryouts in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, I guess, probably if you can get into writing first, that definitely improves uh, your chance to get involved and how much you'll get enjoyment out of it. Yeah, thank you. That was all for today. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us. It was really nice to talk to you. Yeah, for sure. It was great to talk to you guys. Thank you. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving break. Thanks. You guys too. Safe travels home to all, all three of you. Michael, you too. Safe travels home. Looking at the rest of the season, the women's polo team will play against University of Michigan on December 3rd to round off the fall season. The men's will play one last game on December 2nd. Both of these are home games, so make sure you show up and support the teams. They'll then end their fall season and train throughout the winter to prepare for the next spring season. Now, to take a look around the rest of the campus, the men's soccer won a huge 2-1 victory against Maryland, moving on to the third round of the NCAA tournament where they will go up against Syracuse. The men's hockey team also had a very successful weekend, winning 5-2 against Yale on Friday and winning against Brown on Saturday, pushing their record to 4-4. Four Men's basketball won both their games this week with an 80-77 win against St. Francis University and an 83-61 win over Ithaca College this past Friday. And if you want to hear more information about the men's team, check out Big Red Ballers, our new podcast which we'll be releasing on Wednesday, featuring an interview where we will be talking with Keller Boothby. Women's basketball also won their first home game of the season with a close 62-60 victory against Lafayette College this past Wednesday.
That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed and learned something about polo today. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends and family and follow it on all your platforms. These two things help us grow the podcast and publicize Cornell Athletics the most. Once again, you can follow Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN or reach us at www.cornellbrsn.com. For Trisha and Anthony, for BRSN, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Around the Gorge. Make sure to follow the podcast and our social media at CornellBRSN and we'll see you in the next one.